It's the Geeky Waffle Podcast. And welcome to a bonus mini episode. We're talking about Black Widow because we just saw it. I'm <laughs> Candice and with me is Katrina, host of Geeky Waffle Podcast, a fight club far, far away. Yay! Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this, uh, you know, movie that came 10 years late. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. This is actually like 11 years after Iron Man 2 came out, Mm -hmm. which was the first appearance of Natasha Romanoff played by Scarlett Johansson. So, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's it's been a a hot minute since we uh, have heard about this movie. I I feel like this movie's been in development for like 82 years, and so it was nice finally seeing it. (laughs) It's actually been in development since 2004. But a sexist movie executive said no one's going to want to see a movie about a female superhero. Mhm. And look Just at them now. Look at the look at them now. Mhm. Yeah, box this, office numbers just came out today. For a COVID non-holiday weekend release. This mm-hmm. is doing amazing. Plus, we don't even have the Disney Plus numbers cuz you can buy it for $30 there. Mhm. Yep. Uh, according to the press email, the Black Widow movie is the largest domestic box office opening since the COVID-19 pandemic began and the largest domestic opening weekend since episode uh, te- episode nine, Rise of Skywalker in December 2019. Yeah. So, so. Mm, yeah. yeah there, there was a few months in 2020 where everything wasn't shot to hell. We forget that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So it did have a couple, a couple films to compete against, but it uh, – it's a pretty a pretty good solid opening weekend for something opening in the middle of a an ongoing pandemic. Yes, and this is actually the first time both you and I went to the theater. Yes, in a very yeah. long time. The last movie I saw was Cats with my co-host Bree, <laughs> which we did just for the podcast. We said, but also because of like morbid fascination. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but so I think I curse myself. Oh, no. And I cursed us all for 2020 because that was the last movie I saw in theaters. I was traveling when Harley Quinn came out, so Mm -hmm. I just, like, did not get around. Yeah. I The last one I saw was was Onward, which just, you know, feels a little disappointing. Kind of feel like Luca is now the better Onward, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We can go with story. We're building issues in Onward, but that's later. Yeah. (laughs) That's a whole other episode. But, yeah, it – I almost cried when I saw that Marvel logo Mm -hmm. on the big screen because, like, my friend Molly and I – shout out to Molly who listens. Hey, Molly. Hi, Molly. (laughs) We go to all, like, the Star Wars, the Marvel, Mm -hmm. the huge movies together because we really get into it. And we're, like, laughing. We hold hands when it gets scary. You know, we get, like, emotional. (laughs) Like, we cry together. (laughs) We laugh together. Mm -hmm. She's like the best person to go to the movies with because she like understands my fangirl. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I'm so like delighted and heartwarmed and also incredibly jealous. Like I need to find a movie buddy like that. Um, That sounds like a whole experience. (laughs) Once I'm in California next year. Oh, what? Yes. Okay. You can join Bree and I. Yeah. Now you guys have signed up. I'm in. (laughs) Yes. Because it's just, it's. I went Thursday night, which was what Molly and I usually do, is we Mm -hmm. go to the first possible showing that we can after work and life stuff that we 
So no spoilers. Mm-hmm. And also, like, we just want to see it, especially Star Wars movies. We were always oh, like, yeah. like, we have to go the second it's out. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the earliest possible showing, definitely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this this one I did wait a couple days just because, like, I had a really busy week. On, on Thursday, I was, like, at Disneyland, and so I wasn't <laughs> able to come out and, and see the film. Uh, but, like, I, I was really excited to just go back. And I actually, um, I went and saw this one on my own. Um, so it was, like, a two new experiences in a way because I haven't been to a movie on my own in, like, forever uh and i it was like really comfy and i uh it surpassed my expectations which was good because i was really nervous going into Same. yeah to, to like a movie theater but like the the seats were super spaced and you know like it was it was nice and um amc treated me very well <laughs> yeah amc kept everything very everything was very clean yeah and- so it was nice it was comfy and like yeah when i when I like ha- heard that opening fanfare, it's so weird. Like I, I think I mentioned this to like our friend Lee or something on Twitter uh, that like I when the fanfare played, I felt comfortable because it's been there like basically all the way through the pandemic. Like the fanfare is how I start the mornings. It's like that, and then the Star Wars Disney Plus like fanfare now. There's yeah. so so much part of like my general week that like. I I don't know. I just like cozied up in my seat, like ready for this movie. Those logos help me know what day of the week it is. I know, right? Because even though <laughs> I do work do? Monday through Friday, yeah. I don't have do like – Yeah. It's like, okay, Loki Wednesday, Bad Batch Fridays, <laughs> Mandalorian mm-hmm. Fridays, or something like that. But yeah. I am so happy that we got Natasha's story. Even though she's gone – I know people complain, like, why should we care about her when she's dead? One, it's comic books. Nobody's actually really ever dead except if you're Batman's parents or Uncle Ben, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And look at Star Wars prequels. We knew majority of those people were going to die. We know Obi-Wan's going to die in A New Hope. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Oh, no. Also, spoilers for this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For this this podcast will contain spoilers for sure. (laughs) And I don't think a Marvel movie has ever made me so uncomfortable as the intro to this. Yeah, absolutely. The opening sequence was like, I think it was as intense as a Marvel movie could get um, with, you know, the the team on it uh, about subjects like this, about like, you know, little girls being kidnapped, you know, which is just like a, a terrifying concept, even in the real world, you know, it's something that makes headlines here and means a lot to people. And so, like to to see it, it was just kind of like wow. It was very like grounding and like you know. Um, I I was also like I'm a big fan of it because of the way everything times out. It's set in the mid '90s, which um, you know we were fresh off of like the '80s Russian scare at the time, and like yeah. it was also just cool to see kids in the '90s because you know not to date myself, but I I was a, ch- a kid in the nineties. <laughs> Same, same. I, I was around Yelena's age actually um, at, in 1995, and so it's it was like a really it wasn't just like nostalgic. It was also like wow, this is pretty intense, and it calls back to like all the trauma that you see throughout the MCU. That like Black Widow, her her actions are based on that, you know, uh, and a lot of the things that she struggles with as a character are like shown in plain, plain as day in this movie. Yeah, we've gotten hints of like how she was on the other side and Clint mm-hmm. helped her out. 
<coughs> Clint still sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, still <laughs> I so have mad thoughts on that. So many thoughts. <laughs> so yeah, we really get to see like where her also her longing for family comes from. Mm-hmm. Like, because she's always like wants the Avengers to be her family. Yeah, and it seems kind of weird that this assassin is like, why do? You, what do you know about family? But she does know stuff about family, mm-hmm. and. It's just, I don't know. When I watched Captain Marvel for the first time, I was so charged up because I'm like, there's a woman on screen kicking ass. And this time we got multiple women kicking ass. Mm -hmm. And it was was great. And it's a standalone film, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, this is one of those movies where like, if you take a parent or something, they're not going to have too much trouble like, I think figuring out what's going on in the context of like who Black Widow is, you know, because so many of the characters around her uh, are observers of the things that have happened or happened to her up until the year 2015. And so like they're as much outsiders as those audience members. And I love it when movies like especially that are part of franchises are able to do that. So like that we we see things like that in, in Black Panther. It's very much a standalone movie on its own. I would even argue that like uh, Thor Ragnarok is a standalone movie in the Marvel universe. Like you could see that and not see the rest of it and still understand what's going on. Um, yeah. I just, I, you know, I, I have my, my qualms with our, our lead actress and, and some of the things that came to be behind the scenes of this movie. But like, I really, it, you know, it's about time first off. And it's also, it was, it was a relief and like very cool to see, women leading this movie also this is the first ever mcu movie that's completely directed by a woman Mm -hmm. Uh, captain marvel is co-directed by a woman but kate shortland is was like an indie director beforehand and i feel like she really gets people yeah and it's shown Mm -hmm. and there's a lot yeah i i will say there's like a lot of really good like there's character work on, on Natasha that I've been waiting for for like a decade, you know, yeah. like the, and I think it's so seamless, seamlessly put together in this movie. And I just, I love the concept of like, you know, <laughs> even her, her family is found family in a way, you know, yeah. and they, they come back together and find each other again. And yeah, like you were saying, there's so many great character beats, but there's also like nonstop action in a way. Yeah, absolutely. It's the the fight scenes are incredible. Like when she first, like the Taskmaster, like blows up her car. Mm-hmm. That made me jump out of my seat. Yes. Yeah. And, absolutely. Yeah, and so much stuff is filmed on location. Yeah. Like Budapest mm-hmm. and uh, I, I know other places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I swear, but yeah, it's all it's mostly all on location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and Budapest, something I really want to observe about that is that like, I loved looking at the, you know, the stakeout apartment that I guess Clint and Natasha shared in Budapest, because while we were following this story in the background, the entire story of what happened in Budapest is being told by like, what's on the walls, you know, like it gets pointed out that like, you know, some of Clint's arrows are in the walls and like, there are, are piles of things that have like, uh, is spots that like pamphlets for spots they've been 
Um, and it's just all of these little details that like kind of fill in that story that's that, you know, some people have been asking about because of that line. Yeah, because of Avengers, like mm-hmm. Natasha tells Loki that she wants to save Clint because he saved her and she mm-hmm. owes him. And the, yeah, there's a cute line where they're like, this is just like Budapest. And he's like, I remember Budapest differently. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. As much so- as we give Clint crap, they are best friends. And I do love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hate Clint, but you know, I, you know. <laughs> I, again, this is about it's it's this again. Like as much as I hate Clint, it does matter to her her character within the context of this story. So yeah, yeah like you know, it's it was good to see those those beats wrapped up, and I'm sure we're going to talk about Clint like in in a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> so was, there, yeah. Oh, go ahead. There no, were a lot of rumors about cameos. So, like mm-hmm. Tony Stark's going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Or like Steve Rogers or something like that. But I'm actually really glad there mm-hmm. wasn't any big Avengers cameo. Me too. I mean, that's the the whole point of this movie being released is that it's like it is a singular movie with just her, you know? When yeah. when she said like, oh, I know somebody, it was somebody that was like, you know, within their wheelhouse. It wasn't like a big Avenger or anything. Whenever she needed help, it was someone who was already her friend or something like that, you know? Yeah. And we get mentions of Avengers. Um, Yelena makes fu- Elena makes fun of her a lot. And it's like, <laughs> the big Avengers, like the space god. Yeah. And things like that. And yeah, Elena is, she stole a lot of scenes. Oh, I yeah. knew yeah, I was going to love her because I love Florence, but mm. – I truly love this character now, and I'm so excited that yeah. she will be a part of the MCU. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy. Like, at the, the, that that after credit scene, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But, yeah. like, it, it's nice to know that we're going to see her again. Because, like, I – even her character went through, like, some extremely big changes that if you, like, weren't really zeroing on in on them, you wouldn't – like notice right off the bat, like, you know, she, she's the one who held on to hope, but she's also the one who, who was effectively brainwashed and unbrainwashed at the beginning of this movie. Um, and I, I think it was cool to see her go and start to open up as a character again and kind of be the kid that she wasn't really allowed to be because she liked, like Yelena likes having fun, you know? And I feel like that's something she discovered on her own, you know, after, after she was cleared of her brainwashing. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it, I'm excited to see how this character echoes out. Cause I feel like she's going to be one of those that has like those fantastic zingers and one-liners for the rest of the MCU. Yeah. And it's so interesting and like even more tragic with her character. Cause if you think about it, she was there for three years. If she was six, three mm-hmm. to six, she was in America she probably doesn't have any memories before that. Mm-hmm. So her whole life was being in this family, living in that house. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Natasha was at least a little bit older, so she like knew this wasn't completely real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. But it, I feel like they were long enough there. They were there long enough, you know, especially for, for kids and their perception of time. It felt like it was safe and it was going to be forever. And that's why it was like such a big 
surprise, even though they had been told beforehand, they knew it was happening, that like this was real and they were actually going to lose the family that they had. So it was, that was, again, going back to like the beginning of the film, it was so ground, like, or like earth shaking for me, you know, uh, to watch these characters' worlds get shattered. Yeah. What did you think of Alexi, played by David Harbour? Oh, I loved, I loved both of the parents just like so much. I, you know, racial wise, Espelina and, and David Harbour. I like, he was one of the, one of the uh, cast members when, you know, cause I'm still like, you know, I still have like my skepticisms and like Natasha's like my, not my favorite and neither is Scarlett Johansson, but he was one of those cast members along with Florence that like really, really hooked me to this movie. Cause I think what he was announced uh, and Florence was announced before Rachel wise um, and I, I was immediately like, oh, I love him. I love Stranger Things. Like, I'm so into the idea of him playing this like hilarious, like big burly Russian like fighter. And and so he did not disappoint at all. Like, I loved the breakout scene a lot. Yeah. And yeah, Rachel Wise was just oh. brilliant as always as the fake mother slash mm-hmm. scientist and. Yeah. Yeah. Just too many feelings. Too many feelings. And I I love the way they like had great parent chemistry. It was so funny because like that not only like did I enjoy them like as two characters who were partners in a couple, but like just those little scenes where they were like doing stuff that like parents do around their kids. that's just like gross and stuff like even though (laughs) they're secret Russian Asians. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But they they still have the family dynamic, even though. Yeah, and it's, like, so obvious that, like, they genuinely like each other and care about each other. Like, they could use the excuse that they're, like, assigned and on a mission. But, no, Alexi was a little too excited to see her. Okay. (laughs) Well, he had just gotten out of jail. Yeah, well, he had also (laughs) gotten out of jail. But, you know, he's Yeah, I know. know. (laughs) And I do love, like... We find out that Rachel Wise's character, Melina, is doing, like, some terrible things. But we find out, like... She also was put through the red room. So you like, you understand her. She Mm -hmm. was put through the red room multiple times. I like this movie because, okay, so I feel like one of the big debates these days and like things that are among the things that are ruined by the lack of nuance that we have when, when communicating about pop culture on social media is the fact that like not every character is a perfect hero. And like, there's a balance of like what's right and what's wrong and blah, blah, blah. But like these characters Every single one of them is a murderer. Like, yeah, we, this is like one of those movies where, like, you know, we we don't have like a clean cut. Even though you know, technically, most of the Avengers are war criminals, we don't have like a goody goody guy. Like, all of these people have done something wrong, or like they still are cool with doing wrong things. Like, you know, Alexi is like so proud of <laughs> how much the girls have killed. Like, Oh my God. I lost <laughs> it at that scene. He's like, I'm it's so proud so of you. Look at your ledgers. Cause like, like Natasha's always talking about the red in her ledger and getting it out <laughs> while he's like, I'm so proud. I loved that so much. Like I, and, and that's like the kind of stuff that like I see in like fan art about my favorite villains and stuff like that. So it was like, I <laughs> like stuff like this. And it was cool to have a movie where like, the characters weren't all necessarily good guys. Like, you know, when Molina and Alexi go off into the world, like we can't count on them to continue like <laughs> saving yeah, people and stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like they're going to be very much into their own self-interest. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, like at, at best, hopefully they're vigilantes, but like you we we can't count on the main characters of this of this story to be that. Uh and I thought that was really interesting, um, to put, you know, antagonists not really antagonists, but like, you know, people with red in their ledger as heroes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And really, if we think about it, Yelena isn't anywhere isn't doing anything better. No, at not the very really end, at all. as we see in the end credit scene. <laughs> oh yes, oh Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, the Countess, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. makes an appearance. This was actually supposed to be her first appearance, not <laughs> her Winter Soldier Falcon um, scenes. Oh yeah, how interesting! Yeah, because this was supposed to come out a while ago. Mm-hmm. So mm. we find out Elena is. Working for her, we don't. I think she must have been blipped. Oh, Elena, when you, oh, yeah, 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 probably. It, it would also help because Florence Plug is a bit young mm-hmm. to even play how old Elena is, even though I think we could say also like they have like a serum. I don't think it's quite super soldier serum, but right. it's similar. So I think that might help with like the aging. She just uses really good moisturizer. Yeah. She stays out of the sun. <laughs> she wears a hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I, I was really excited to see that come together um, because it's, it kind of shows that like, again, you know, Yelena isn't doing, she isn't going off to be a hero as inspired by like, you know, the black widow at all. She's like, doing her own thing. She's taking jobs, working as an assassin, and she happens to be on her way to assassinate Clint. What's his face? Barden. Stupid yeah. haircut. Barden. I was, I was like, Clint Broward? What was the last <laughs> He doesn't deserve to get his name right. MCU Clint is such an insult to, like, comics. Yeah, I, just, I know. Oh, so Again, rude. the Geeky Waffle would like people to know, we just don't like MCU Clint. Yeah, comic book Clint is mm-hmm. awesome. He's great. We love and, him. And yeah, so when the end credits happen and it's like, hey, don't you want revenge over your sister being killed? This is a guy responsible. And I was like, yeah, kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, get him. <laughs> yeah. It was, I was like. Just I, let I, that be I, the first scene in the TV show. Hawkeye. Yeah. And then just like Kate it. turns, t- Kate takes over and it's great. Exactly. Like, just get him out of there. I Oh, yeah. my God. Like, his haircuts get, like, dumber every time we see him, by the way. Like, I, I just know. – I think like, greasier and dumber and – okay, I'm going to I'm gonna stop being a hater. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> but, like, no, my friend and I, like, afterwards, we went on, like, this tangent of being, like, oh, Clint had to live because of his family? That's stupid and, like, like that's it's not so fair because, like, we're reminded again, like, Natasha physically can't have children. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's not fair. Just because she can't have children, she's the one who should die. Because that's what it kind of sounded like. Yeah, I mean, or seemed that's like the thing. Everything about his existence and survival seems like an excuse. <laughs> it's like, why? Why did he have to die? Why did Quicksilver have to take that bullet for him? Why did he care so much? It's not fair. Like, I just, it's, it's, it's not fair. I he shouldn't be there anymore. They should just get rid of him, start over again. Well, hopefully that's what they're doing with Kate Bishop. <laughs> But yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this takes Yelena. I'm really excited to see her up against uh uh Haley in um in 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 Hawkeye. So yeah. that's gonna be super fun and like yeah, so I mean fantastic talented actresses. I cannot wait. 
Yeah. And I mean, we, we talked about this a little before the show, but like, again, I love how even in the smallest way, um, this, this and every, every contribution of the MCU so far in this new phase has been about establishing several points, but also the young Avengers, which. Yeah. We just got kid Loki. We really did. So I mean, he's out there. (laughs) He's out there with his alligator. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I'm hands. I'm excited. Like I, I, I was, you know, as as a whole, I was like, you know, this is a really fun MCU movie. Like, uh, it was a really, really bold decision for them to choose uh, a an actual tree to star in this film. Um, but I was overall very pleased. Like, you know, I'm I, I don't regret my first theater experience going back to the theater being like Black Widow. Yeah, same. Okay, and there's one more thing I need to, like, kind of rant about. (laughs) Go for it. Because people on Twitter, well, men on Twitter, let's say that. Men Mm. on Twitter. And some of them just aren't outright saying this. And I was actually, I was messaging with Rachel about this. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of complaints about the Taskmaster twist. I feel like it is predictable because they kept bringing up Drago's daughter and I was mm-hmm. like Chekhov's daughter they keep mentioning her yeah. there's gotta be a reason why mm-hmm. so ends up being the Taskmaster is actually a woman and a lot of dude bros on Twitter are very upset by this because <laughs> their super nerd didn't get to be the Taskmaster oh I'm so sorry <laughs> yeah, the Taskmaster doesn't have a dick that's oh, an issue no. okay I like comics Taskmaster and I like him enough to say that like he's a big stupid nerd and like I I wasn't offended by this like first off as is proven in, in the next Thor and in several other installations of the MCU there can be multiple people with that title with similar costumes. Like if this is our first Taskmaster, this is our first Taskmaster. There's no, nobody to say that someone wouldn't have been inspired and taken on the mantle and there'll be another one eventually. But like, I thought that it worked just fine. Yeah. Um, uh, I was like weirdly attracted to Taskmaster all the way through. I was like, Oh, Hey, sexy robot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And that's the thing is, even in this movie, there's multiple Black Widows. Yeah. Taskmaster can just be a title. So it's not a big deal with that. And also, it's just like, have you been watching the 23 other MCU movies? Like, (laughs) Exactly. They will take names of people and the characters will be nothing. Like Thor Mm -hmm. is nothing like his comic book. Mm Mm-mm. Let's think about like Star Lord's origins. Mm-hmm. You Even know, the, yeah, the original Tony Stark. There was like I think an article floating around about this as of recent, but like MCU Tony is radically different from who Tony Stark was in the comics in like the eighties, nineties, and and the early um, aughts. Like he, Robert Downey Jr. changed that character forever. And that's Star-Lord. You just brought that up. Like the interpretation of who Star-Lord was before and who he's going to be going forward in the, in the comics because of his MCU interpretation has changed. And like, I don't know, people just need to accept that and, you know, be happy. Like the, the, I feel like the thing that's come out, come about recently is this like very like black and white version of like, what's real, what's canon. We see this in the Star Wars universe all the time and at the core of it like 
in a perfect world where like capitalism didn't rule us all these franchises <laughs> are supposed to be like vehicles for storytelling and if we want to go into different like universes we should be able to do that like the dc expanded universe does that and they're doing it freely and i think that's one of the few things they're doing right is giving themselves the liberty of telling as many stories in as many ways as possible and so if this is different it's different you know also, I think that's what they're leading up to with Loki. I think yes. this week he's going to break the timelines and we're going to get <laughs> what ifs after this. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's going to be like they're able to play more. We got Multiverse of Madness <laughs> yes. coming up. Oh. Universes are going to change. There can be another Taskmaster. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. going to be fine. <laughs> Exactly. It, like, who's to say there's not another Taskmaster, like, waiting in the future with this? Like, as as we can tell, or from what I can tell, like, Wanda it may very well be headed into, like, the void or something like it to pick up uh, Billy and, and, and Tommy. Like, that could very well be where they are based on, like, you know, the what happened in WandaVision being a Nexus event, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like the 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 more we loosen up on like what is and what isn't especially when it comes to marvel going forward the happier that we're going to be um as fans you know yeah i i i heard or read something like the tva is the crazy fans who are like <laughs> this is the timeline timeline mm -hmm. can't change kind of thing like that and just <laughs> yeah. trying to be like the sacred Marvel MCU timeline. <laughs> and yeah, DC is just being like, there's a Batman here, there's a Batman there, there's a Batman everywhere. You know? Exactly. Like I this week the the trailer, and maybe I'm dating this a little bit, but the trailer for Marvel's What If came out. Yeah. And it's like I'm so excited and interested in what they're gonna be able to do and like what they're gonna be able to accomplish with that series because one, it's animation, they can do whatever they yeah. want with it, which is awesome. And two, like having having no rules that really like keep certain things in certain places, I think gives storytellers like this vast space to just have fun with these characters. And yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for it. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts you would like to share? Uh, no, just hope, uh, hope, uh, Yelena kills Clint. Yeah. And I'm very excited. <laughs> Black Widow was a real movie all along. Yeah, it really was. We really went and saw that movie. I know. Like, I was like us. waiting. I was like, okay, there's a lot of trailers. Is mm -hmm. this not a real movie? Is this just going to be a bunch of trailers? Yeah. Oh, my God. The trailers before it were like 30 minutes long, dude. Like I I was surprised. I don't know if anybody else got this. But yeah, I was in that theater for a while. Maybe it was because I haven't been back in theaters yeah. for a little bit. But those were like – I like checked the the time and I was like, we've, we're 25 minutes in and it's still trailers. So – yeah, no, I, I, I was timing. I'm like, well, I got to the theater like six. I left at 630. I didn't get back to 1030. I didn't get there too early because <laughs> yeah. this is the longest I ever left my dog alone. And I'm like mm -hmm. timing it. Mm -hmm. Bucky gives Black Widow paws down because I went away for a couple hours. <laughs> oh, poor Bucky. Yeah, he likes those at-home movies. He's like, yeah, why he says you get the beer access? 30 bucks. Yep. <laughs> Because it was free on AMC. That's why, Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get it. Okay. Well, Katrina, thank you so much for joining me. Can you tell people where they can find you online? 
Yes, if you search anywhere for Ocatrina, that's O-H-C-A-T-R-I-N-A, you can find me. You can also listen to me on the next episode of A Fight Club Far, Far Away uh, and on different places here on the Geeky Waffle Network. My other two podcasts uh, include Padro Pascal, um, where my friend Rachel and I break down uh, different various acts of Pedro Pascal in the theatrical and movie communities. Um, and uh, finally, Ituvanta Tambien uh, that comes out whenever Kayla and I feel like making a show. It is pop culture from a Latinx perspective, and we have lots of fun there. Uh, and yeah, uh, that's uh, you can find me like in so many places online. It's like scary. <laughs> yeah, and we're doing a Loki live stream Wednesday 9 p.m. Ooh. where we react to the series as a whole. I I think there might be tears. <gasps> oh my for gosh. Emotions? What? Yes. I honestly am so am I invited to that? Can I Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. It's 9 yes. p.m. Eastern on our YouTube. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll add you to the group for that. I'm because... gonna I'm gonna have some emotions. Like I I am really like I liked WandaVision. I kind of slept through Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but Loki has just been a hit with me, dude. Loki, like I have every episode. Yeah, has been wonderful because WandaVision and and Falcon Winter are great, but they mm-hmm. did have like some highs and lows. But yeah. Loki is just like highs. Yeah, every week has just been a smash hit. I never know where the show's going, and like I wasn't even that big of a Loki fan uh, before this show, and now I'm just like putting together Disney bounds, and I bought some horns, and like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like in now. Like I, I, I love that You're guy. Like, welcome. I've yeah. been I've been here for like nine years. <laughs> nine, I liked him. Years. Like I would have gotten like like a drink with him, like as long as he drank it beforehand a little and stuff, you know. But yeah, like, yeah. Now, 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 oh, I'm like so in. Like I, you know, yes. I, I've always had a a good good uh, view of Loki. He saved my friend's life at Disneyland once. So you, you know. can meet President Loki now at Disneyland. Yes. Yeah. And- oh, that's that's another detail I really like, uh, and not to keep us too long, but like at the <laughs> parks. Um, every week Loki's outfit has changed to reflect whatever he's wearing in the show. So that's so cool. I didn't know it was every week. Yeah, yeah. He's done the TVA outfits. He did the the jumpsuit and the blazer outfit. Wow, he did he's fashionable. Yeah, that he's got like a new outfit every week. I am so jealous of that actor. <laughs> yeah, Natasha is also in her white yes um, outfit. My friend Molly said like, oh, she looks like she belongs in Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she's she's awesome. And like, I've seen her in pictures and she looks great. So like, I really I really appreciate that, like, attention to detail over at Marvel Land where like, they're always updated to whatever we see. I need to go to there. Yes, let's go. <laughs> Definitely will happen soon. But yes, Absolutely. thank you all. And join us for Loki Wednesday at 9pm Eastern on the Geeky Waffle YouTube. We hope you all stay geeky.